It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. Greetings, Hoops Heads. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Monday, June 4th. I'm your host, Aliko Carter. Hell of a game tonight. We're going to get into all of that very quickly, so I'm going to do my whole spiel right now. You can get this podcast on iTunes, iOS, Google Play, and LockedOnWarriors.com, as well as uh, Spotify, LockedOnSports.com. You can also find this podcast on Facebook at Locked On NBA Net and Locked On Dubs. Make sure you check those out. You can find all of my written work at Forbes.com. I've also written for BleacherReport.com. And you can check out all my credentials on LinkedIn, A-L-I-K-O Carter. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Kogitare, K-O-G-I-T-A-R-E. I'm very happy to have Matt Steinmetz, local guru, well, he talks with the guru, but he's a guru himself. On 95.7, the game, as well as, uh, you know, uh, just a smorgasbord of uh, sports-related, Warriors-related jobs over the last, you know, few decades. Uh, you know, I grew up listening and watching uh, Matt Steinmetz, so happy to have him here. How you doing? Hey, man. Aliko, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. What's going on, my man? Uh, I'm just basking in the glory that is Stephen Curry magic. I want to start with Steph. This game was absolutely amazing, and it was partly because of him. I wanted to ask you, what was the arena like when he made that ridiculous shot to uh, to at the at the buzzer in the fourth quarter? What like like how how did the re- the arena react to that? Well, there's only one person that can turn on Oracle Arena. Uh, to to eleven, uh, as Monty Python would say, um, and it's Curry. There, there's there's a relationship that Curry has with this fan base uh, that is very unique, and it's more special than the fan base has with any other player, and and maybe any other player in history. I mean, Steph Curry is as popular as as, as Chris Mullen, as uh, possible. Uh, popular is Jason Richardson and and then some and so uh, he he's the player that ushered the Golden State Warriors into this golden era of basketball and one of the reasons he did it is because he's such a prolific three-point shooter ability to shoot three-point shots he's also has the ability to make extremely deep shots even when he's defended and that's what he did tonight. And actually, he also did it at the end of game, uh, I'm sorry, at halftime of game one, uh, when J.R. Smith went for a steal, he missed it, and Curry made a 38. That's true. So there's just, look, Steph Curry, he's, he's a unique player, and he's taking advantage 
of the era we're in, and the crowd responds to, to him like few other players they've ever responded to. So uh, it was electric, and it was as lo- I, to me it was as loud as it got uh, in this postseason. And you know the other thing about Curry too is, you know he played a heck of a game one. He really did. He he was very good in game one, but it kind of got lost. Uh, because of all the craziness. So he's off to a phenomenal start uh, in this year's finals. Yeah, no, he absolutely is. 33 points tonight. Finals record, nine three-pointers. Unbelievable. And, uh, you know, he was doing it from all over the court. But it wasn't just him. He had help, obviously, a lot of help. Kevin Durant poured in 26-20 for Clay Thompson. Jordan Bell with good minutes. Sean Livingston, Kevon. And Jordan Bell kind of, like, uh, played well off of each other for a short period of time. I just really appreciated the way that Steve Kerr, uh, especially with Kevin Durant getting into foul trouble early, the way Steve Kerr staggered his minutes today. Well, and he also gave JaVale McGee the start, and that ended up working out well. There's been a lot of people that, that are kind of clamoring for JaVale McGee, and I think Steve Kerr likes JaVale McGee, but doesn't trust him as much as some other players and, and one player is Looney. Um, one of the one of the things about Looney is he's he's a real safe player. He doesn't make mistakes. He knows the defensive rotations and he's he's pretty good when he gets switched out on a smaller player. And uh, when you're playing with four great players like he normally is you know, if I were a coach, I would rather play a player there who I know is not going to mess it up, but maybe won't make a highlight play than someone who may foul it up, but, but might give me a highlight play. Um, that's sure. the job. The, the number five guy playing for star now, um, really his job is not to mess it up. And McGee tonight not only didn't mess it up, but he gave the Warriors something. It, it was a night where the Warriors got contributions from everybody, and Cleveland didn't get enough from, from anybody. And that's why we saw the game end up 20 points. Sean Livingston was very, very good tonight. He hasn't missed a shot yet in the finals. Uh, Jordan Bell gave him some minutes, as you said. And so it was, it was, a, it was a complete win for the Warriors. Uh, Curry scored. Clay scored. Durant, everything clicked tonight. Three scores scored. Draymond did what he did. They put McGee into the starting lineup at work. They brought guys in off the bench that chipped in. David West even yeah. makes a three-pointer. So it's probably yeah, the most complete no, I, win of the postseason for the Warriors, I would say. No, I would agree with that, definitely. I do want to uh, put something out there. There were three blocked jump shots tonight that the Warriors were able to manage. Two for David West and one for uh, – Draymond Green. I have Draymond, a yeah. drink. Yeah, I have a drinking guy, uh, drinking game that I play with listeners. Whenever the Warriors block a jump shot, you take a shot. It's not going to get you drunk, but it'll get you tipsy. Except tonight, if you're a small person, it might get you drunk. So, <laughs> you know uh, what? And, uh, that uh, was, for most teams, for most teams fans, they don't even know they have that deal because it doesn't happen for 15, 20 games at a time, it feels like. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I love these dubs. They they hustle so hard on the plays that you don't really see 
uh, executed that often in NBA basketball. They tend yeah, to you execute. I think, yeah, Aliko, I think you're right on the money there. And I, I think it's something that, you know, maybe doesn't get talked, enough, talked about enough. It's if you're blocking three point shots, you're, you're, you're playing defense. I don't think there's anything about that. And, and I'm actually thinking of a play tonight where I, was it, I can't, was it George Hill? No, it wasn't George Hill. It was, might have been Jeff Green or somebody where Draymond contested and he got shot fake and still landed and recovered and contested the shot. And, Yes, if you're a team and you're getting blocks on the three-point line, I guarantee you, uh, your coach is probably saying, we were active tonight, and, and I like that. And that, that was definitely the case for the Warriors tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Active defensively, holding the uh, Cavaliers to 41% shooting, 33% from three. They also mixed, missed six uh, free throws. And, uh, you know, it was a total team effort. Uh, but I wanted to ask you specifically what you saw out of Kevin Durant, both offensively and defensively tonight. Uh, on my show recently, I've been, like, looking at tape and seeing Kevin Durant kind of uh, leaving me wanting, definitely on the defensive end, but also a little bit offensively. Uh, he was the one who missed the assignment on J.R. Smith that allowed J.R. to get that offensive rebound. Uh, that he then fumbled uh, as he was trying to uh, figure out what the score was. And, um, you know, I thought I thought he played a much better game tonight, and I wanted to hear your thoughts about that. Yeah, he was definitely better tonight than he was in game one. I, I think what he was tonight was he was trying from the get-go to be really efficient. You know, the thing about Durant is I do think he's a player who hears criticism. And I think he's been hearing for the last few games that maybe he's not moving the ball enough and maybe he's taking too many shots early in the clock. And I think he's the kind of player that comes out and says, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be conservative tonight. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take shots early. I'm going to try to move the ball. And when you do that, um, or let's say when you make a conscious effort to do that, your shot attempts are going to be down. And his were, but his efficiency was up. And he was 10 for 14 tonight. I, I don't know. What do you have? Seven assists, I think? I think he had seven yeah, assists. Seven assists. Rebounds. I don't know. Yeah. Did a little bit of everything. Two blocks. Mm-hmm. And I love this. Only three three-point attempts. Like, I'm just like, I, Kevin Durant is one of the best three-point shooters of all time. But I don't want him taking 11 threes in a game. I just... I, I just think he can do so many other things on the court that I think his upper limit for any game should be seven or eight, you know? That's just my personal feelings about that. He's been jacking lately, and it hasn't been working. Yeah, that's not that's a, that's a fair point, especially because he's such a great mid-range shooter. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to think if he's taken eight or nine, it's because he's He's making three, four, five of them, and, and yeah, you know, there's exactly. A reason, there's exactly. a reason to take them, but um, no, nah, he was he was good tonight, and he did a little bit of everything. And, and I think if the game would have dictated it, meaning if the game were closer, he probably would have taken more shots. But everything was was kind of working, and the Warriors the Warriors just seemed to have a comfortable margin 
all day. Yeah, for the whole speaking. night. And so it, it never really got to the point where there were decisions that had to be made in terms yeah. of who's going to get a shot at a certain possession. That's a really good point. And the Warriors did end up winning three of the four quarters, lost the third quarter by three points. We have to take a quick break here. We'll be right back. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Surface. Now more than ever, you need a laptop that can be as adaptable as you are. Introducing Microsoft Surface Laptop Go. Finally, a premium laptop at an affordable price. Starting at just $549, its light, thin design, vibrant touchscreen, powerful processor, and built-in HD camera and mic turns any room in your home into a classroom, office, or study hall. Available in three amazing colors the whole family will love. Visit surface.com slash laptop go for more details. And we're back. We're talking dubs. We're also talking Cavaliers. And we're here with Matt Steinmetz. Wanted to ask you, Matt, what you saw from LeBron tonight. Uh, definitely a pretty aggressive LeBron, but, you know, only 20 shots as opposed to however many, 29 or something he took in the last game. Uh, making 10 of 20, very efficient, made some three-pointers, you know, uh, 13 rebounds, eight assists, uh, 13 assists, eight rebounds, something like that, doing everything, but still not even managing to take the lead at any point in the game must be frustrating for him. I wanted to uh, ask you first about, like, his body language on the court, what you saw from that, and then also the game that he played overall. Well, I mean, as far as the game that he played, uh, I mean, I just thought he was, he was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I think he's been the best player on the floor, uh, for the series. I thought he was the best player the other night in game one. And with all due respect to Steph Curry, I thought, I thought LeBron James is the best player tonight. I think he's, I think he's always going to be the best player for the most part. And the, the, he scores 51 in game one. And through four quarters, he was 19 for 28. And so they end up losing that game. And he's, he's, he is like a coach. To me, he comes out in the next game and says, you know what? I, let me see if I can get guys going. And he, he's a point guard in a power forwards body. And he, he did everything that the game would have dictated that he did. And they got beat. Why did they get beat? Well, he, he can't put the ball in the basket for his teammates. That's one thing he can't do, <laughs> as great as he is. And we're talking about a playoff game where his team shot, uh, what, 42%, something like that? Yeah. He yeah. shot 50. He's 10 for 20. He's 2 for 4 from 3. He's making foul shots. He's got 13 assists. I mean – yeah, I guess you could go skip Bayless and say, well, tonight was the night he should have taken 32 shots. <laughs> well, I mean, 
look, it's just it's just absolutely ridiculous. I think the guy the guys the guy's the greatest player I've ever seen. And I saw Jordan yeah. and I saw Bird and I saw Magic. I it, you know, is he was he six and zero in the finals? No. Is he going to lose this year? Probably. Is that his fault at all? No. But no. history's going to remember him as a, as somebody who lost in the finals and had uh, had more warts than Michael Jordan. Just because we're in the age we're in of social media and digital age, and, and there's access yeah. to more information. But yeah, absolutely. Can guy, you imagine? That's incredible. Yeah, can you imagine, uh, you know, Jordan's gambling or anything like that becoming, you know, public knowledge in the age of social media? That would just be, it would be a different world for Jordan. I'm not sure we, we'd see the same, uh, you know, kind of universal, uh, praise that, that, you know, and LeBron is so polarizing and there's nothing about his life that's even remotely checkered, which is the funniest thing. But I wanted to, uh, you know, continue on this LeBron question because there is, there, there's a growing number of younger players. I mean, younger, uh, viewers of the NBA, myself included, who, you know, are not as, we didn't see Jordan or we saw Jordan when we were kids. And right. so there is this, uh, feeling based on what we're seeing from LeBron over the course of the last decade um that and the understanding of how unprecedented it is or at least for one player to do it go to the finals every year you have to go back to the 60s when there were only nine teams in the league and you know the whole situation was completely different it wasn't the same nba you can make the argument that jordan's nba is much closer than uh russell's nba to today's nba even though it's very different but uh my friend uh, and frequent guest on my show, Miles Johnson, basically said there's proof that uh, Michael Jordan couldn't hack it without a guy like Scotty uh, because he faced the Celtics. He faced the Detroit Pistons. And until he got Scotty and Phil Jackson, he couldn't do it. And LeBron has carried a poor uh, Cavaliers team to the finals four years in a row. Your thoughts? Well, uh, in fairness to Jordan, he, he, uh, your friend is right that he didn't, uh, he didn't win a title without Pippen or, or Rodman, but he, he also was losing to the Celtics when he was young and the Celtics were phenomenal. And that would have been in the mid eighties. So, you know, he was young at that point and didn't have, didn't have many teammates who were, who were quality but you know now you go back and look at it everybody talks about uh, the greatness of Jordan and 6-0 and in the finals and all that's true but to my way of thinking and I'm not this is I'm not taking anything away from Jordan but to my way of thinking he played I think Scottie Pippen's the greatest defender I've ever seen um, 6-9 can guard could guard one through four you could put him on a point guard. He was a, a little like Draymond, only not quite as as physical, and he didn't play inside more. He was a better perimeter defender as uh, Draymond plays inside. But the point is, Pippen's a great defensive player. Uh, Dennis Rodman is a was a great defensive player. 
when Ron Harper played for the Chicago Bulls, he was a six-six point guard who was very good defensively. And then you did have Michael Jordan, who was a phenomenal defensive player. But what I'm getting at is that's a hell of a team. That's a hell of a team Michael Jordan was on. And yeah. LeBron got to do that in Miami, but he really hasn't gotten to do that in Cleveland. Uh, with all due respect to Kyrie and Kevin Love, I- I'm taking Pippen and Rodman. And, it's again, it's not to take anything away from what Jordan did. He was 6-0, and 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 he's he maybe the greatest player of all time. But I'm not going to hold it against LeBron James because he's – you know, if he loses this year in the finals, he's going to be three and six. Well, guess what? Yeah. He was only favored twice. He was only favored twice. And we're talking about the NBA, which is the hardest sport to pull an upset in. You know, you don't, you, you don't just come out of nowhere and, and win the, win the NBA title. I mean, you, you got to yeah. be really, really good. And so. When you go to the finals and you're not the best team, it's going to be hard to win. So I think people hold the hold the finals against him uh, too much. And, I mean, the other thing where this thing has taken on a life of his own, its own is the way he's playing right now 15 years into his career is it's unprecedented. It's just unprecedented, the level that he's playing at at the age he's playing at. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with you so, completely. Fifteen you know, I, years in, I, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, I guess there's going to be a lot of guys who who watch Bird and Magic and Jordan, and and they'll say, "Oh, LeBron's no Jordan," or "No, Jordan's the greatest." LeBron, well, I'm telling you, if LeBron's not the greatest, he's right there with Jordan. Trust me. I like I like the direction these conversations are going now with the LeBron versus Jordan. I mean, he just keeps giving us over and over reasons to put him right there or above, and uh, it's it's fantastic. Uh, but I do want to get back to these Golden State Warriors. Um, what did you see from Draymond tonight? I thought he was so so active. He's been so good for the entire playoffs on the defensive end, just being everywhere he needs to be, let, making sure everywhere everybody else is everywhere they need to be, and rebounding the ball like I've never seen. Yeah, you know, what's funny is you you, you just talked about his game and how, how great he was. And as you were saying all this, I was thinking, yeah, he just – he was okay. He was fine. He played his normal kind of Draymond Green game. And that's – I mean, that's kind of how great he's become. You know, he's filling up every every column of the box score, and he, he's kind of expected to do that now. And it's it's gotten to the point where it's, you know, if he doesn't do it, something's wrong. And it's gotten to the point where, you know, if he doesn't do it, the Warriors aren't the same team they are when he does, when he does do it. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the, I think one of the things about the Warriors that's just really, uh, like I don't know if the word's unprecedented or not, or I'm trying to think if if it's been done before. But you know, you can make a case they have four different superstars on their team, but but they don't, you know, they don't they all bring out the best in each other, and mm-hmm. that's not easy to do because when you think because most superstars are scorers, um, and pretty much scores alone. 
And so how can you have four scores? But, but Draymond's become elite because of things other than scoring. And Clay Thompson's become great half because of his offense, but half because of his defense too. Mm-hmm. So, so even though they got four stars, they're not necessarily four guys who, who just score. You know, Curry scores, but he can also pass. And yeah, you know, eight assists tonight fact, to go along with his 33. Yeah. Points. And the fact that, yeah, and Kevin Durant's a great scorer. You know what? He's, he can, he's great. He's maybe the best isolation player in the league. Well, perfect. Cause the Warriors don't have any isolation players. Their scores sure. aren't isolation players. So they, you know, it's just a, you know, the chemistry's, the chemistry's just really good. And, uh, you know, I think, I think, I think two more wins is a foregone conclusion. It's just how long it takes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We got to take one more break. We'll be right back. Support for this podcast comes from State Farm. Here with good news and even better news. The good news? State Farm has new lower car insurance rates. The even better news? That means you can now get the service and convenience of a local State Farm agent at surprisingly great rates. State Farm can help you save more cash and get the good neighbor service you deserve. Just talk to your local State Farm agent or visit statefarm.com to find out how much you can save on your car insurance. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. We're back with Matt Steinmetz on Locked On Warriors, and we're talking dubs, but I wanted to specifically talk because the, the, the last thing that we ended on was that it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that the Warriors are going to get those two more wins. It's just a matter of when. That was me knocking on wood and uh, – you know, so you feel the greatness that is kind of sweeping over uh, the Bay Area, just this kind of this feeling that we're a part of something incredibly, incredibly special. We've used the words uh, uh, unprecedented before. We've used the words uh, greatest assemblage of, of talent of all time, um, Yeah, I, which I truly believe it is. Um, but uh, we are in a as warrior fans who've been you know, doing this for a long time, we're in a, um, in a period that most people never see in their lifetime. And, you know, I wanted to hear your thoughts, Matt, on, you know, just what, what, what that feel, how do you describe that feeling? You know, how would you describe that feeling? Uh, what feeling exactly? Uh, where, where they, where they kind of fit? No, well, no, not necessarily where they fit in history, but just like the understanding that we're a part of, you know, something that's really, really, really special. Oh, I got you. Yeah, no, I mean, well, it's, there's, there's two, it's, this thing is twofold. One is uh, the Warriors right now are the Showtime Lakers. They're the, Celtics of the 80s. They're the Chicago Bulls uh, of the 90s. They're 
they're one of those teams now um, that that that's right up there with those teams um, because they've you know they're multi championship teams and now it's been three four five years uh, of, of of dominance you know they're the Spurs whenever the Spurs had their best you know six seven year run so. Yeah. That that in and of itself makes them probably one of only kind of like eight teams. I mean, if you just think about it, it's like, okay, there was the Celtics in the 60s. Then you had the 70s, and it was, you know, the Knicks won a couple early. The Bucks won one. Portland. Uh, the, you know, kind of the 70s. Again. Yeah, the 70s was a, was a bunch of different teams, and no one, no one really stood out. Then came the Celtics and the Lakers. Then came the Bulls. So the point is, is what we're watching has only happened, let's say, maybe a half a dozen times yeah. um, in terms of garnering championships. Uh, I mean, you could make a case that the Utah Jazz, you know, for 20 years with Stockton and Malone, you know, were, were dominant in their own right, but they, they never won a title. They got two finals yeah. and didn't win it. The point is, is yes. Okay, so so now you have the Warriors uh, doing something that maybe has only happened a half dozen times. But the other part of it, uh, which is, which makes it incredible, really, or which, which makes it surreal, is that this was the worst franchise in the league for a long time, or considered the worst franchise in the league uh, for a long time. I mean, they were they were the laughing stock, and. They went 12 years once without making the playoffs from 95 to 207. Then they made the playoffs and they didn't make it again for five years. And, but there were, but it wasn't just that they were not good. It was that stuff happened. You know, they, they had a player who choked the coach in 1997, yeah. you know, yeah. P, Latrell Sprewell and, and PJ Carlissimo and, I guarantee you there's probably some 20-year-old fans or younger who they, they don't – they've never even heard of those two those yeah. two guys. Well, those two guys were part of a history in Golden State that was just a history you didn't want to be a part of because yeah. it was a losing yeah. franchise, period. It, yeah. was, it, was, it was a losing franchise. And so for, for them to be where they are now, after having been where they were 15, 20 years ago, that's the part where if you're a Warrior fan, if you've been a Warrior fan for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, you have a completely different perspective of what's going on. I think you appreciate it more. I think you realize that what's happening right now is historic. I mean, yeah. I, how old are you, man? I'm 29. Well, I will be in a few 29. weeks. 29. Okay, so you're 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 actually. I, I thought you were a little younger, but nevertheless, uh, you know, 29. Yeah, I would say you've been a Doug fan for 20 years. I. But even if you're a 20 year old, you ain't. This is it. You ain't seeing this again. When this <laughs> ends, it's over. You're just not. It's not going to happen. I, I. I don't. And I don't think young people understand that. You know, Steph Curry's already 30. I, yeah. they, they've already, they've already looked more, how do I want to say, I was going to say more vulnerable, but I say, I'll say it this way. They, this year they looked uh, less invincible uh, than they've looked in the past. I don't know how long it's going to go. I mean, this may be it. Maybe they'll win another one or two. Point is, 
after this is gone, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. It's over. It'll, it, it will never happen in, in your lifetime again. It just won't. I guarantee it almost, uh, as much as people may think differently. But it's just, they, they, they may get back on top again, but it'll never, ever be like this. Yeah. Like this right yeah. now with Steph Curry and Durant and Draymond. It just, it just can't because this is so unique. You know, yeah. and, and what I mean by that is, uh, you know, the Celtics want it where the Celtics are right now. You know, they with Garnett, they won it with Garnett that one year. And, you know, they're getting back on the map and they got a good team. But they're never going to be the, the the Celtics of Bird and Matt and uh you know McHale and Johnson it just it just doesn't happen like that it's going to have to be something totally different yeah yeah no i know what you mean the one the one team i think about that has those kind of like eras that really are almost on par with each other are the the goddamn Los Angeles Lakers uh just can't seem to escape the Lakers but uh you know they have their history with the logo and then you've got the 80s Showtime, and then you've got Shaq and Kobe, and then you've got Kobe, Kobe. Uh, and I think people and people tend to put those. But but I'm I'm getting I'm getting away from myself. We're talking about the Golden State Warriors here. We got a few more minutes of time uh, to hear what Matt has to say about this game, and I just wanted to ask you, um, what what your prediction for? How how this series shakes out? Well, before I answer that, I, I guess I do want to go back and revisit my last answer. I shouldn't say it'll never happen again. It might, it could. It's within the realm of possibility. And the reason I'm saying I need to take that back about it never happening again is because 20 years ago, I never in a million years could have imagined this happening. It, it it was unfathomable. So I, I wanted to revisit that last that last answer there. As far as the rest of the series goes, you know, it depends on your perspective. Um, I I think Cleveland's going to play better at home. I think they have a chance to win Game Three. I think that if you're a Warrior fan, it's easy to say we're in control. And if you're just a casual fan, series is over. And I'm, I wouldn't tell those people um, they're wrong because I, I think the Warriors are going to win the series. Um, but I always try to look at it from the other point of view. And if you're Cleveland, you're trying to look for positives. I mean, you can say we had them beat in game one. We got, you know, we got a, we got a, we got some bad luck with the whistle. And then our play, our you know, one of our guys missed the foul shot, and then another guy made a bonehead, but we're right there. And even tonight, you know, midway through the third quarter, it's still a competitive ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you're Cleveland and you're LeBron James and you've been around for forever, they say, let's go out and let's win game three. We'll try to feed off the emotion of the crowd and uh, and, and win a game. And if they can win the next game, well, then all of a sudden game four becomes important and 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 meaningful. So, you know, it, I don't think it's over, but I do think it's a long shot because now you just look at the math. I mean, the Cavaliers got to beat the Warriors four out of five games. 
That's hard to imagine. Yeah. It's really yeah, hard to imagine. Hard to I mean, um, you know, the, the, the one thing I was thinking was, and it, it might not mean anything, but if you, if you take the fact that the Rockets won two out of three against the Warriors in the regular season and that they were up three, two in the series, I get it, but if, you know, one, you know, there's regular season games in there, but that means the Rockets beat the Warriors five of eight times this year before they lost the last two. I mean, that is so hard to do. It's incredible. I don't care. You know, I don't, you could go around the league and find teams that, um, haven't won five games against the Warriors in, you know, in a long, long time, let alone in the span of, of five months. So, um, the Cavs, but I, I can't, yeah, exactly. I mean, so let's think of the Cavs. They're down 2-0. They've lost all two in the regular season. So the Warriors have won eight, eight of nine now against the Cavaliers. So they've won eight of their last nine. Now the Cavaliers going to win four out of the next five. I mean, it's yeah. unlikely, but yeah. you know, it's sports. So you never say never. Yeah, that's true. Thanks for that final thought, Matt. And thank you all for listening. Stay thoughtful, Hoops Heads. Hey, Bay Area sports fans, this is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.